Hey friends, welcome to the final episode of the Joyful Courage podcast for 2021. I am glad to be saying goodbye to this year and looking forward to what's to come. This show is a place where we tease apart what it means to be a conscious parent and a conscious human on the wild ride of parenting. I'm your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline lead trainer, parent coach, and mom walking the path right next to you as I imperfectly raise my own two teenagers. Joyful Courage is all about grit, growth on the parenting journey, relationships that provide a sense of connection and meaning, and influential tools that support everyone in being their best selves. Today's show is kind of a year in review a little bit with a very special guest. Thank you so much for listening. I'm deeply honored to lead you. So grateful that what I put out matters to you and really glad to keep it coming. Thanks for who you are and for being in the community. Enjoy the show. So today, my friends, I have my favorite guest of all time. And I'm not afraid or ashamed to say that. Community favorite, favorite daughter, Rowan O'Rourke is my guest today. Crowd cheers. <laughs> Crowd cheers. Woo! Rowan is my oldest, in case you just got here. She is my oldest child and someone who teaches me every day about authenticity and honesty. She recently became a licensed esthetician in the state of Washington and is starting classes at the local community college in a couple of weeks. She's an aspiring writer with a deep love of skincare. <laughs> and I'm so honored that I get to share her with you all today. Hi, Rowan. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi. Hi. Thank you for chatting with me today. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the last year, about what it's been like from the teenage perspective, from my perspective, and, you know, just the conversation around the ebbs and flows of uncertainty. Are you up for that? Yep. I'm up for it. Yeah. Good. Um, well, the first thing I want to do is I want to kind of go back in time and... Remember, so those of you that don't know, Rowan is not only my daughter, she's also, what do we call you? The podcast manager? Podcast manager. Podcast <laughs> manager. So Rowan listens to every podcast and makes the bullet point lists and puts it up in the places that it needs to go online. She works for me. And so she has listened to all the guests and all the solo shows. And so I have on my computer right now... Um, I'm on the page that shows all the shows of the podcast. And I just wanted to do a little recap of some of the places that we went this last year and see, Rowan, if you remember any of these shows that might have stuck out for you. I know there was a few, more than a few, that were really impactful to me. We started off the year, I interviewed Iris Chen around her book, Untigering Our Parenting. Do you remember that one, Rowan? Yeah, I like that one. I liked that one too. And Iris has since blown up. Like she's a huge voice in the decolonizing your parenting world. And she's an unschooler, homeschooler. Mm -hmm. That was a really powerful interview with Iris. And I was really stoked to get to have that conversation with her. Let's see. What were some other goodies? Oh, I know back in March, I, well, I had two interviews that I loved back in March. One was with Michelle Icard, 14 
Conversations by Age 14, I think was the name oh, of her yeah. book. Remember her? And she talked yeah, and I was like, that's what I discovered the pick, pick and poke and ink. What's it called? Stick and poke. Stick and poke. We please oh remind the God. listeners of what stick and poke means, Rowan. It's just a method of tattooing that underage people often do of ink and a needle just poking yourself to make a tattoo. <laughs> so you just poke yourself and then you put like ballpoint pen ink or Sharpie ink. I don't know if they're doing ballpoint pen ink. That's like poisonous. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I don't know. I think they'd use real ink, but yeah. Anyway, great. You're always scared that I was going to do a stick. You're like, don't do stick and poke. Don't do stick and poke. We're going to talk about tattoos in a little bit. <laughs> uh, but reading Michelle's book was the first time I heard that phrase as a thing. And Rowan got a big kick out of that because I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is a thing. And you were like, uh, yeah, mom. Yeah. It's a thing. That's a really good book. I really enjoyed Michelle Eichard's book. That's episode 264. I did a whole series around all the beliefs behind behavior in March and April. Uh, let's see. What were some? Ooh, Thrivers with Michelle Borba. We talked about her book. That was a good one. Understanding Gender Expression with Ray McDaniels. Oh, yeah. I really liked that one. I really liked that one, too. We talked about, you know, there's a lot of parents out there whose teenagers are just navigating their own gender identity and their sexuality. And for the parents, it can feel like we don't always know what to say or how to respond. And what I really appreciated with that conversation with Ray was just some solid advice around how to truly be unconditional with our kids, even when we don't totally understand what it is that they're going through, how to be um, accepting and loving and curious and compassionate because you guys don't want to be judged, do you, Rowan? No, no, no. We want to be understood. You want to be understood. And it's hard for us to understand. We try, right? Yeah, that's why I like all the interviews you do with different guests that have different like backgrounds or a different topic of thing because everybody's kid has something going on that their parents don't understand because they haven't gone through it. They don't like relate to it at all. So like, I feel like diving into that and actually learning about what's going on with mm -hmm. your kid will really that really helps. Like when you went through DBT with me and actually understood what went on in my brain and what actually is happening. Yeah. And I still get it wrong sometimes. You do. <laughs> <laughs> that was That's really okay. quick. That was really quick to agree with me. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, also, I interviewed my friend, Sarah McLaughlin about her book, Letting the Heart Lead. That was a sweet, sweet interview. And then this last fall, we've had some live coaching episodes, lots of solo shows, some shows on romantic partnership, validation, Dan Siegel. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Could you tell I was fangirling when you listened to that, Rowan? Or did no, I? No, you were really cool. Oh, was I? I was cool. I was yeah, cool, calm, cool. and collect. Uh -huh. Oof. I just want to be his friend, but I don't think I can because he is a celebrity to me. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, wrapping up the year, the last couple of weeks, one with Diana Hill around acceptance and commitment therapy, which I loved that conversation with her. I'm excited to learn more about that. 
and unpacking school violence. What did you think listening to that? Yeah, that one really, I cried a few times when I was doing that. It was, it was a really good interview. And my favorite part was when she was talking about like the what rent, what went right mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. That's an, and then all the kids were like telling her how supported by their teachers they felt. It, it really, it made me feel, it melted me. Yeah, it melted me too. I was pretty much losing it. Yeah. Fun year on the podcast. Fun year. And, you know, we started out last year and throughout the year, this it's a brave new world. That was kind of the theme and the mantra that kept coming up for me. And I even hosted a summit at the start of the year with that title for parents, parenting for a brave new world. School was remote. We were all worried about adolescent mental health. Shouts for social justice continued to be heard. Families were struggling. COVID continues. And it just kind of felt like an ongoing, what the fuck frame of mind. What do you remember about last, the beginning of last year, Rowan? The beginning of 2020? 2021. Yeah. Oh, I, a lot of changes came for me in the beginning of this year. I like, you know, I turned 18. I was like, I'm going to get a tattoo. And I really felt like it was like this year was a new world for me. I like the first few months I was getting myself (laughs) psychologically prepared to start school. And yeah, it's been, I mean, I feel like this year has been like my, my beginning year, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to my not adulthood, but like growing up mm-hmm. kind of, which is, has been very hard for me to accept. <laughs> yeah. I think it's been hard for a lot of kids. Yeah. You started school in March. Yes. In April, but yeah. <laughs> okay. In April. And I remember when you were on the podcast, so everyone, Rowan was on my podcast a year ago, talking about yes. our DBT experience and just her journey to health and wholeness. And we were talking about you starting school. And I remember feeling nervous mm-hmm. that it had been so long since you were in in-person in an in-person learning environment. You'd gotten pretty good at avoiding people. Will you talk about how it felt that first day of going to in-person school? The esthetician school? Do you remember? Yeah. Well, I was, I had, I signed up for school like six months before my start date. And I was like, oh, it's, it's so far off. It's never going to get here. So I don't have to worry about it. And as it slowly got closer, I found myself kind of being like, oh God, but also like, it's, it, I wasn't going back to high school. You know, I wasn't going back to an environment that I needed to get out of I was it was like a new thing I'd never been to beauty school before Mm -hmm. and we had um an online orientation the day before we actually went in and like it was just it just made me feel like I wasn't definitely not ready because I didn't know what to expect but I definitely made me feel more secure kind of like okay everybody like nobody's been to beauty school before it's not like 
you go to beauty school for a few years and the, the people are returning. Mm-hmm. So we're all kind of new to this. Um, but I was definitely really, I was pretty nervous on my first day. I was like, okay, but we were all nervous <laughs> and we were like, we had to introduce ourselves that day and stuff. And I was like the second person to go. <laughs> and I was totally shaking as I always do when I'm like in that situation. But like everybody was in the same boat. Yeah. Kind of. So it was really nice. And and could you feel like, that? Like, did you, you felt that like everybody else yeah. feels the same way that I do. Yeah. And I was sitting at a table with another girl and we like were talking right away. And in those kind of situations, I think I forget. I am not a people person, but I can like, I know how to socialize. Mm-hmm. Like I know how to have conversations and sometimes I forget that and I'm like, well, I don't want to talk to anybody, but like I can. And in that situation, I wanted to because I was going to be with these people for the next six months. And it was easy for me. Like once I was there and I was like, okay, well, I'm, that that was the first day. So it, it got a lot easier. Mm. I love yeah. that. I love hearing that. And you're a really good esthetician, Rowan. Everyone listening, my skin. <sighs> Got so much love over those <laughs> six months. And I was a weekly client for you. Yeah. You learned a ton about skincare. You're yeah. on our case every day about wearing our sunscreen. Do you want to do a sunscreen PSA right now? Yeah. All you better be wearing <laughs> your sunscreen because sun damage causes 90% of aging. Oh, so, there you go. 90%. My audience is primarily between the ages of 35 and 55. So it's she's talking to us. To wearing you guys. Your sunscreen. <laughs> yeah. Get your kids to start wearing their sunscreen. You start too. It's not too late. Uh, my favorite thing while you were in school was when you talked about your friends and like you talked about the side <laughs> conversations and the banter and the silly things that came up during the day. What do you think you learned about yourself participating in that program? I think I forgot that sometimes in my head I I make myself feel like I don't click around people or that I just don't I don't know sometimes when it and when it's been a long time without hang like socializing which it had been it had been a really long time it kind of gets into my brain like oh I don't know if I'll like fit in or whatever but school definitely showed me that I mean I fit in really easily and it's really easy to like talk about my weekend, talk about boys I was talking to or like anything. And the girls in my class were, I was the youngest <laughs> in my class by like about a year. So everybody was at least a little bit older than me, but like all age ranges, mm-hmm. mostly like early 20s to early 30s. And we all like, there wasn't a single person that I couldn't sit down with and have like a real conversation with, which I had never been in that environment before. And it was really, I learned a lot from the people around me. It was, I miss it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you're about yeah. to start like in a week, yeah. a little over a week, you're going to start at the community college. Do you feel like that learning is going to, is that something that's in your mind as you think about showing up first day for those classes too, remembering that you Um, have the tools and the skills? I feel like I'm feeling less, I'm feeling more like, okay, I'm just gonna, 
like learn <laughs> more about the learning because I don't really care because my, my most of my class in beauty school it was all girls except for one guy and I I'm better around girls mm-hmm. I just don't have priorities mm-hmm. to like be like oh hey I'm Rowan what's your name on the first day or like I don't have priorities to do that so well, they come to I'm you just, anyway right yeah so I'm just gonna let that happen <laughs> yeah good yeah yeah well and you know the interesting thing that keeps happening and I I credit part of it Rowan to how you know the the generous gift that you've given me, which is permission to share our story. I am like a magnet for parents with teenagers that are struggling. And a lot of parents listened to our podcast last year. And uh, I know I've told you this before, but so many of the listeners wrote in and talked about how grateful they were that you came on and shared about your experience. People had their teens listening to the conversation and made a huge impact. Our story has made a huge impact on people that are parenting teenagers and their, their teens. How does that feel to know that? Honestly, a little weird. (laughs) Tell me more. Like, wait, really? (laughs) Wait, what? I mean, it's nice to know that people like that what I've said has helped them. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like I want people to know that it's not, it's not like I talk, it's not like I went through it and now I never feel as bad as I did. Cause I definitely like am not happy most of the time. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, I also have, seasonal depression so during the winter it's a lot um it just comes back more Mm -hmm. like I think that's a big thing that parents with teens with mental health issues like once and you've mentioned it to me like sometimes you get scared when I am moody all day or something and it's like mental health is not it's not like a scrape on your knee and then it's healed and then and then you're fine. It's like, well, I guess it kind of is because then you could fall and scrape your knee again. But just because you've worked on it mm-hmm. and you worked through it, I have skills and I don't get as low as I did. I mean, sometimes I do, but I know how to I know how to pull myself up a little bit. That, yeah. which I didn't know how before, which that's the big difference is not that I never feel bad. It's just that I know how it doesn't last as long as it used to. And I know how to make myself feel a little better when I do feel sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've shared it with you. And and again, for those of you who haven't heard Rowan and I talk about this before, it was episode 252 where she came on and shared so beautifully and so candidly. But I think for a lot of us, and this I've talked to other parents, other listeners, you guys who have kids that have had rough kind of mental health issues and then start to pull out of it. And it does, it 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 feels a little bit like PTSD when, you know, we see the darkness creeping back in or it feels like there's a little breakdown happening. You know, I know in my experience, yeah, I I have to remind myself, okay, it is not the fall of 2019. 
you know, we've been there. We're not there. And just like you just said, like, I have to remind, I get to remind myself, like, she's got tools. She's got support. This podcast is sponsored by Factor. Are you old enough to remember TV dinners? They came in those tin trays and each part of the meal had its own little compartment. I remember eating those and watching Happy Days, followed by Three's Company, maybe a little Laverne and Shirley. I am that old. Well, the situation has been totally upgraded by Factor. Factor makes delicious, ready-to-eat meals. And unlike those quick meals of the past, every Meal from Factor is fresh, never frozen, chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including meals that are calorie smart, protein plus, and keto if that's your thing. Also, there's more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. In my last order, we got red chicken chili tamale bowls and Italian sausage pizza casserole, as well as other delicious meals that my family loved. Plus there's breakfast and smoothies and all sorts of other add-ons to make life simpler while also keeping it healthy. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Right now, head to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use code joyful50 to get 50% off. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50 to get 50% off. So I've been getting groceries from Hungry Root for the last few months and I am loving it. I use it to keep healthy snacks in the house, and I also order a few meal kits that are easy go-tos during the week. What I love is the variety that shows up in the box. Crunchy snacks, sweets, breakfast smoothies, whatever I've clicked as wanting comes to my door. My dietary wishes are different than my family's. The boys, Ben and Ian, they're always trying to build muscle and gain weight, I am not. Hungry Root gives so many options, it meets all of our needs. In our last box, we got cilantro lime chicken with jasmine rice, and it literally took me seven minutes to put together. Listen, after working all day and doing all the things for the fam, seven minutes to throw together dinner works for me. And the ingredients are good, like high quality good. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Save hours of planning, shopping, and cooking. Let Hungry Root deliver the food you love. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Joyful Courage podcast listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com slash joy and get 40% off your first delivery and those free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash joy. Don't forget to use our link so that they know we sent you. I was thinking about last August, this came up for me when you were, you had about six weeks left of esthetician school. Do you remember this? And you were sitting in the kitchen in the red chair and you were like, oh, there's just so much. You were overwhelmed by the uh, tasks that you had to get done. You were questioning if you even wanted to be an esthetician and you were just really in it. 
Can you talk a little bit about that day? Do you remember and how you were feeling? Yeah, I had stayed home like three days in a row because I was sick and I had missed like a big makeup contest at school and stuff. And I had, yeah, I had a lot to get done before the end. And I tend to have this thing about time where I feel like time is always running out or something when I have something I have to do. And I had stayed home for three days and my brain just works different. And I, while I was in school, I was kind of planning. I think everything lasts forever in my head. And I was kind of planning like, okay, I'm planning five years ahead and I'll be an esthetician forever. And then by this age, I'll have this, this, and this done. And I hadn't even graduated school yet, which school just teaches you the basics. And I tend to kind of see too far into the future where it kind of damages where I am in the present because I'm not actually there. I'm like Mm -hmm. in the future in my head, like daydreaming. Um, And so, yeah, after staying home from school for a few days, I was like, I've been, I don't know if I even want to do this for at, like at first I was like at all but then I was like for my career like I don't know I'm and then I was like I'm 18 like I don't know what I want to do for my career and I I think I was like journaling or something and I just it just kind of clicked into my head like I want to be a writer I want to like not I want to be a writer but like like that it would it brought me joy to think about going like learning about writing more or like in the writing field being a publisher or an author Mm -hmm. or an editor or something and I couldn't stop thinking about it for a day (laughs) it was literally (laughs) a day and then I sat in the chair and I was like mom I don't know if I want to do this anymore and that's what happens I commit to something and then I have another idea in my head and then once I say it it kind of becomes everything Uh that I think about Uh and stuff but I finished school you sure did of course I did and I passed my tests and I officially completed it yep you still give a great facial at least there's that (laughs) yeah yeah and I remember just having conversations with you a year ago even where you were like I am never I'm like you maybe you'll want to go to college later. And you were like, no. And so when you you came to me this fall and you were like, so I think I might want to go to college. That's exactly how I said it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just excited for you to be interested in learning. Right. I mean, and that's the same thing with esthetician school is it was a grand experience to get you into the learning environment and spark that desire to explore something. And you're right. You're 18. Just because you did that. And even being a licensed esthetician doesn't like trap you inside of something. Yeah. 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 And, and I I do, I remember that day because I was like, oh God, I remember you were like, you cannot quit Rowan. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to quit, but (laughs) (laughs) sorry. I know my, that was my PTSD showing up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you know how quickly it was. I just want to point this out to the listeners. Mm -hmm. You know, this is my, this is the place where I, we parents get to really be um, aware 
of our own tendencies because here you are, Rowan, having an experience, inviting me into it. And I immediately, well, maybe not immediately, but pretty quickly went into my own experience, right? Like, oh God, how am I going to make sure that this, she doesn't drop out of this? And uh, what about this? And what about me? Like, I don't think I was consciously thinking what about me, but it was quickly became my experience inside of my body. And it was sneaky, right? Even with everything I've learned and everything you continue to teach me, you know, I just want to have compassion for all of us, all the parents too, because, you know, I feel like that's our, that's our big work is to be with our kids in their experience and be able to separate what's ours from what's theirs. And what they need is us to stay with them not us to get all spun out in our own experience. Yeah, because you don't need to attach to what... Yeah, if you stick with your kid versus what they're doing, like, I don't know. I just, like, pictured it, like, if like if they chose, oh, you have to stay in school mm-hmm. over what their kid says to them. Mm-hmm. Like, school doesn't last forever, but your kid's going to be your kid. Right. right. And I was like, you're not dropping out of estheticians. I was, I did think. Well, I wasn't myself. even, I was, I, know. I was one day, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just like, Bleh. right. But I immediately went there. Right. I immediately went there. So sorry about that. And I got the highest score on my school final in my class. Yeah. So, you're... and I didn't even know I could study, but I did. Yeah. You were having a tough day that, yes. that you didn't even know you could study. And then you did. And, and there is nothing better than going to a test, having that studied, you know. and you know all the answers. Ah, it's yeah. my favorite. Oh, yeah. And you finish strong. Mm-hmm. Did you feel supported when you were like, I think I, I want to do something different. I want to go. I want to explore writing. Did you feel supported by me and your dad? Yeah. yeah. Good. And then you graduated. And then I graduated. And you had a week daughter. of doing nothing. Can we talk about it? doing nothing that I was like, oh my God, now I'm doing nothing. Now I need to do something all the time. So I spent five hours one day applying for medical, full-time medical receptionist jobs. Yep. And man, they loved you in those interviews. Yeah, they did. I was like, what the heck? I've never even, what? yeah, I got like two job offers in the span of like a day. And I was like, you guys don't, what do you mean? Why do you want me so bad? But yeah, I started working at an eye doctor's office for 40 hours a week, looking up insurances. Doing all the things. Making phone calls. Like the first time I had to make a phone call, my hands were shaking. Mm -hmm. My voice was shaking. But I mean, by the end of it, like, I mean, it definitely taught me a lot of things. Yeah, for sure. I can like pick up the phone easy now. Like I had to answer the phones all day there. Like it was definitely a necessary evil, I guess. <laughs> I yeah, but I quickly. You got the job. Yeah. 40 hours okay. a week. 40 hours a week. Full-time job. Mm-hmm. How was that? At first I was like, oh, wow, a job. <laughs> and then because <laughs> I, I literally have not had of jo- like I mean when we first moved here in 2019 it took me forever to get a job and I got a job at a restaurant that I showed up for like maybe four times in the span of like two months because they like didn't have room for me and before that I worked at like 
a daycare mm-hmm. for a couple months. So I've never like had a job, job, mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like now I have a job. And then I was like, oh, like I'm leaving when the sun doesn't come up and I'm getting home when it's dark. And it was like, I really liked the people I was working with and I liked it there. But then I would come home after working for nine hours and just not want to do anything, Mm -hmm. not want to talk to anyone, not want to do anything except for lay in my bed or read my book or like just not do the things that I had been doing Mm -hmm. like we had been going to kickboxing together before and like how many times have I gone since I had that job like three maybe yeah and this turn it around starting tomorrow (laughs) maybe (laughs) yeah but it made me it did make me really depressed like Mm -hmm. I could I could go and it would be fine when I was there, but then I would come home and just be like drained. Yeah. And you did it for a few weeks and then you started to realize this is not a good fit for me. Well, and then I got sick and stayed home for three days. And then I was like, well, I wasn't then, but then I just kind of like let myself realize like what it was doing to me. I felt I barely had time to do the things that I was doing to keep myself up. Mm-hmm. I barely had time for that. And it definitely, it definitely wore me down. And yeah, I was like, what have I, why, what have I done? Yeah. You had to have some hard conversations. I did. And I also realized my coworkers around me, they're all working to live. They're working to pay their rent. They're working to take care of their kids, to take care of their families. And they, if their job made them sad, they can't afford to to quit or to cut back their hours. But I'm working to work. I'm working to fill up my time. And I, and I realized how lucky I am. And I kind of, that kind of made me less hard on myself that like, it's okay because I am only 18 and not a lot of 18 year olds have full-time jobs mm-hmm. and it's totally okay and I'm lucky that I get to even like ask to cut back which I did I talked to my manager which I was really freaking out about I almost threw up on the way to work that day and you did it anyway I did it and I cried I ugh, I knew I was gonna cry I told you uh-huh. I was going to and I did and she was like it's okay like you can tell me anything you need to tell me. It's okay. And I was like, at first I was like, well, I would really like to work part time. And I didn't really think like nobody at my work was working part time. So I just didn't really know what that would look like or if they would do that. And she was basically like, yeah, work full time for three more weeks and we'll hire someone and you can work three days a week. And I was like, okay. And then the next week came along and I was like, no, I have to quit. So I told her I was putting my two weeks in and she said, no, you can't do that. We need you until the end of December and then you can be on your way. And I was, I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) But I did. I stuck it out. I, and then they hired a couple people and I was working like three days a week, mostly two, because sometimes I'd have a day off until what Tuesday? This last Tuesday, twenty mm-hmm. second mm-hmm. was my last day, and 
I didn't even realize, like, everybody was so sad that I was leaving, and they were all, like, like, I, they, I don't know, I just didn't really realize that they all like me so much. I'm like, what? I was barely even here. How do you guys like me already? <laughs> Rowan, it's something that's really endearing about you. You have no idea the impact that you make on people and how attracted they are to you. And, you know, I know you like to be April from Parks and Rec, but you're really not. You are sweet. Yeah. You are sweet and easy to be around. So, of yeah. course, they were sad to see you go. And, you know, from the parent perspective, that some of the things that I saw you flex into was resiliency and perseverance and having hard conversations and advocating for yourself and advocating for your mental health. Like there were so, I was, while I was both, oh God, oh God, especially in the mornings when you'd get up and you'd just have a look on your face. I know. And I, I, you know, there were some mornings where I just waited for you to initiate conversation because I knew if I said anything, it would, you know, well, I felt like, I, okay, I'm just going to make her some breakfast and not engage. And because I knew that you were right there on the edge, right? And I didn't want to be someone or something that kind of tipped you over because um, you had to go to work. You had to go to work even though you didn't want to. But I saw so many amazing life skills that you had to practice through that that you got to experience, you know, you can have conversations, you know what you can do in a different way than before you took that job. Yeah, it was definitely good. And it's taught me a lot of things because while they also told me, oh, no, you can't quit. She was also like, talk to me throughout the week. So you, so we don't see you one day and then you're gone the next day. And I, and that kind of was like, oh, like I didn't, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, you can't yeah. quit, but we're also very aware that you can just stop showing up. Yeah. I was like, oh, wait. Yeah. But at that point, like, I see my job was very reliant on everyone being there because it really, like, if one person didn't show up, it, like, impacted everybody's day, which, ugh, I liked the people I worked with. So I didn't want to do that to them, even though it was so hard. It was really hard to get through the last few weeks of working full time. Yeah. And you did it. I did it. And now I won't ever go back. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say to parents who have older teens like you who may be feeling that pressure, that tension of maybe making the wrong choice? Like I've even, you know, I've had clients that I've talked to who who are kids with kids the same age as you who are in college and are realizing this first semester, like, I don't want to go to this school. And don't. This isn't where I want to be. Like, what can you say to parents so that we, because I also think there is, a, there is, a, there is, and I felt it like with you in this work thing, like mm-hmm. on one hand, I wanted to be, I wanted to validate you, of course, and let you know that I love you no matter what. And I also wanted to push you a little bit like to offer, like when you had so much self-doubt, I wanted to help you fill that gap a little bit by being a voice of like, no, you, you can do this. Yeah. And it was, it was definitely hard to hear that. Cause as my mom, I wanted you to be like, like, I felt like if you had been like, oh baby, like it's okay. Then I wouldn't have, then I would like have felt like, okay, I don't need to go back, you know, but you and dad kept being like, 
you need to finish strong like like because it was my first like actual job in a few years so if I want to like obviously I want to get another job so I need to finish strong for this one so that they'll actually say good things about me and I realized that and it definitely helped for you guys to not like give in to me Mm -hmm. kind of you I know you guys were like like obviously it, it was hard for me but I mean if I was already doubting it it would not have helped if you were also like oh you can just yeah just stop going yeah but I feel like that's what I do I make <laughs> I decide something and then I don't talk to anybody about it I just do it right and meaning then, getting a full-time medical receptionist job yes yes and then I'm like well why did I do I like and but then it's like I did it to myself that's that's how I feel. I'm like, okay, I did this to myself. It's my fault, so I have to deal with it and then not do it again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's how that's how I feel. And yeah. I've done that. I mean, I make decisions and then I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to be doing this. Like I do that a lot. And I feel like like if you have a kid that's in school that doesn't that didn't realize that college is going to be a certain way, whatever. I mean, I wouldn't be like oh you have to stay there well you know like maybe like it's hard a semester or something because and then you can like go mm-hmm. because why would you want your kid to stay somewhere that they don't like you know? yeah I mean what you keep teaching me Rowan is I can trust you um and I can trust you to make choices feel things out like you feel you really feel things out and when you know like this isn't this wasn't the right move I I mean just this job thing what really was helpful to me watching you because while I didn't want you to quit but I that's not that I didn't want you to quit you just didn't want me to fail Oh, I didn't want you to fail, but I didn't, you know, I wanted, I just want to, I mean, I want you to feel good. Like we all parents, you guys are listening, right? Like we want our kids to feel good. We don't want them. We don't want to see mental health getting in the way of you doing what you want to do. And I think for someone like me and parents like me, it's hard in the winter. (laughs) It's hard in the winter. And everyone, we live in the Pacific Northwest. So literally it is pitch black outside, pitch black outside right now. It's five 30 and it's been pretty dark since (laughs) four 30. And the sun doesn't come up till like 7.30. So yeah, it's dark. But I think too, you know, like it's a hard, it's that dance of, you know, it's just, it's so painful being on the outside and seeing, just seeing your mental health stuff get in the way. That's that's what feels really hard. And, and I feel, but the beautiful thing about you, Rowan, and what we have created together is a really open, honest relationship where you can be very straight up with me when I'm getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like I can be pretty straight up with you too. Mm -hmm. And, and, and let you know, like, Hey, here's, here are the two things that I'm feeling right now. And, you know, and you can, and you support with that. And I feel like your flexibility, both of us, right? Like flexibility is really something that we both get to continue to develop. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you and your brother and your dad, you guys teach me every day that <laughs> these are the relationships where I have to be the most flexible because I'm not in charge of everyone, which is super annoying to me. 
as I want to be. But we're all on separate journeys, even as we live together and love each other. So um, yeah, let's talk about tattoos. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. We're going to talk about two more things, everyone. Keep listening. Tattoos and Tinder. So let's start with tattoos. So tell the people about your tattoos and your dreams for future tattoos. I want tattoos everywhere, except for my face. (laughs) Except where? My face. Oh, good. Thank God. Yeah. Um, I got my first tattoo on my 18th birthday. And then another like four months after that. And then another like two months after that. And I've been trying to get another one, but everybody's like booked up. Whatever. Anyways, I love tattoos. And I didn't realize, I mean, I thought I was going to get my first tattoo and be like, oh, wow, I love this tattoo. Wow. That's so great. And then be on with my life. But after I got it, I was like, okay, now I need another one. I like, I need, like, I love this tattoo and I need another one. And then after I got my next one, I was immediately like, I love this tattoo. I need another one. And it like never, it, I, and then I got my other one and I'm like, hey, now I need another one. And it never, oh my God. Sto- it, it didn't never stop stops. in my head. I yeah. mean, if I had, if I had a bunch of money, I would be getting tattoos every week. <laughs> Not really, <laughs> but I love tattoos. Okay. I have big, big plans. I've been daydreaming all the time about finishing um my uh, left arm sleeve i have like a quarter of my forearm tattooed and then a big one on my on my upper arm and i dream i mean as much as my mom well hey listen let me talk for myself okay so (laughs) generation z you guys you love tattoos you love tattoos i think the gen xers we like tattoos too many of us i mean you don't love them Well, I was raised in a household that shared so much judgment around tattoos. Yeah. So much judgment. 
that it did. It took me till I was in my 30s to get my first little tattoo on my ankle. (laughs) And even then I was like, oh my God, what's my dad going to say, right? (laughs) 30. And then, you know, some of you maybe have seen the one that I have in my videos on my wrist. And, and so I'm, I'm not anti-tattoo. I like tattoos. I love, I love, there's some beautiful art pieces on bodies. I love that. And I come back to, I think this is where my pain exists, is that you don't know how you're going to feel. Like, that's really, but I, I, this is where, like, everyone, this is what happens in my head. I'm like, <gasps> this is where our, this is where our minds do not think alike. <laughs> Right. Right. Because, at this moment. <laughs> right. And, and honestly, that's why it took me 30 years to get a tattoo because I wasn't yeah. anti-tattoos till I was in my 30s. I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this in 10 years. And it, until I can think of something that I'm going to truly want till I'm dead, I'm not going to do it because I don't know how I'm going to feel. And then watching my child, you, who is such a different kind of ex- expressive person and very confident. And I'm like, but wait, you're 18. Like, wait till your brain's fully developed. Wait till you know. You know, when I think about being 18, it is a cringy memory lane for me. And who knows? I mean, like, you, we have two different ways of thinking about tattoos. There's the, I'm going to wait and see, and I'm going to find something that I'm going to want on my body forever. And then how I think about it is, I want this tattoo right now. And <laughs> and I, I probably, I mean... How am I supposed to know what I'm going to feel like in 40 years? Like, I want it now. And if I do, reg- I, I won't, I don't regret. Th- I mean, I've done questionable things in the past. I don't regret things, but I think about it as if somehow I'm like, oh, I don't, I wish I hadn't have gotten that. I, it, it represents a period of my life that I did, that it meant something to me that I yeah. did, that I felt I wanted it so bad that I wanted it on my body. So yeah. even if I'm looking back at it and I'm like, oh, I I think about, I would think, well, like, it, it was a period of time that I, it meant a lot to me uh-huh. to have it on me. So, well, yeah. what helps, <laughs> yeah, what helped me the last time we were talking about this in the kitchen a couple of weeks ago and I was like, mm, like, I'm super obvious with my face, you know, exactly yeah. how I, what I think. <laughs> and I realized, and you know what, maybe you won't like it in 10 years. And guess what? It's my That's problem. That's your journey. That's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> like it was this huge epiphany that I had like, oh, right. That's your problem, not my problem. And you know what? Your tattoos are really beautiful, Rowan. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. They're really beautiful and they're yours. Yeah. Um, what do you, okay. I'm not going to ask that question. So what? what let's what? talk about Tinder. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, I was going to say, what do you want to say to parents with kids who want tattoos? Let them get whatever they want. If they if they are 18 years old. Yeah. I have friends whose parents won't let them get a tattoo until they finish college. Like whatever. With leverage. Yeah, we use it yeah, as leverage. Like if you have been telling your kids as they're growing up that it's your body, like you decide what to do with your body, then you need to prove that and let your kids do what Oof. they want to their bodies. It's it's not your body to decide how they treat it. Like it's it's theirs, which I'm sure, like I can only imagine that must be freaking hard <laughs> to, to birth someone out and then be their mom for their whole life. And then, and then they like have their own yeah. brain and whatever. I mean, 
but it's true. Yeah, like, it let, is. That's it, an important point. I mean, we talk about body autonomy all the time. Yeah. And then you guys become teenagers and all of a sudden we want to police your body. So that's good. And it's not like it's not like I'm going to be 30 years old and be like, I was pissed at you because you how could you not. let me get myself tattooed? <laughs> like, no, if I if I did do that, I would have some problems with myself because <gasps> you gave me the decision mm-hmm. to do it. And I did like yeah. it was my it's been my decision. It will be my decision. When I get my whole body tattooed. (laughs) 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 Okay. What about Tinder? So Rowan's, it was like February, I think of last year. Maybe. Oh no, it was January. It was January. You were like, I have to tell you something, (laughs) which is the worst. And I said, uh, yeah. And you said, I got it. I got Tinder. You were like, oh my God. I was like, oh God. The first thing I thought of was dead in a ditch, of course. And then I sat down next to you. Many times. You've sat down next to me many times and we've spent hours swiping through Tinder. Swiping. Yes. This is a place where our generational gap is so big because I met your dad. I was 21 when I met your dad. Online Mm -hmm. dating wasn't a thing. Chat rooms weren't a thing. Like email was not even hardly a thing. So I, there was, it was just never a part of my life. And I also full transparency would be a disaster. Like had I had an opportunity for something like Tinder, oh God, it would have been so not okay. Anyway, so here you are. And I'm just like, oh my God, tell me more about it. What do you like about it? What's fun about it? Well, I or mean, is it fun? I have my, it? I've since I've deleted my account like last week. It, I went on a total, I met up with three different guys mm-hmm. over the year of having Tinder. Two of them only one time and one of them twice, but, and it was really weird. And anyways, <laughs> anyways, the thing is, I expected Tinder to be full of so many hot guys. Like, oh my God, they're going to. I just love hot boys, you know? So I was like, <laughs> oh my God, perfect. <laughs> but it was like, and in the first few days of having it, I mean, my anxiety went through the roof. Even in the first like few days of having it, I it was harder for me to eat. It was, I spent so much time on my phone. I was like, it just made me, I had also come out of a breakup of like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't, it was like new talking to people like that. So I think mm-hmm. that's where some of the anxiety came from. But I slowly realized Tinder is full of douchebags, <laughs> full of guys that are not good looking. Like more often than not, you'll sit there and swipe through Tinder. You'll keep swiping and swiping and swiping and not find a single attractive dude. I mean, and of course, all of it is relative because it is Tinder, you know, and there are guys that present like not very cute online because guys don't know how to take pictures of themselves they don't they really do not and it was just like you know first glimpse like do i think Mm -hmm. you're cute or not Mm -hmm. and it was i mean of course i loved the validation you know i'm an 18 year old girl on tinder and i also quickly found out how creepy it is. Yeah. I was having guys like 25, 26, 27 
super like me, which means that they like they pay for Tinder and they want to get your attention so bad. They super like you. And it was like guys that were like 10 years older than me. And it made me feel really weird because I was like, how I was like, why are you looking at me like that? Why yeah. is your age range set to 18 when you're 27? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, there's there's good guys on Tinder, but there's also creeps Not, and yeah. weirdos. And how do you filter? Pretty how do you filter that and like know and keep yourself safe? I mean, I never I met up with them a couple times, you know, like I I'm sh- like meaning you I'm don't really you're not in it to even. So what you're saying is like you you only met three different people over the course of the year. Yeah. Like and you speaking- felt really confident that no. they were who they were. <laughs> well, I knew that they were who they were. That was okay. that's not an issue. I feel like parents like that's not the biggest issue you're going to have is someone saying there's someone else. And being a different identity. It's someone pretending like they're nice, but being like aggressive or not. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can know from talking online. But I mean, speaking from myself, only myself, because I know lots of people would be different. I didn't want to meet up with people. Plus COVID. I was like, we can just talk over Snapchat so that you can call me pretty a lot and we can like flirt and stuff, but I don't want to meet you. I don't want any expectation of meeting you, which happened a lot, a lot. And I got pretty anxious about um, a lot of them just couldn't take no for an answer. And I would be explicitly say like, no, I'm not interested and be met with like, oh, blah 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 like that one guy like oh you just need me for validation and boosting your ego you need help for that and it's yeah I used you for validation (laughs) so what (laughs) like I don't even know he's probably using you just because he's hoping to get laid so Yeah, yeah like come on bro yeah it was definitely quite a year I wasn't hanging out with people so I was just kind of that's kind of how I was socializing, which mm-hmm. was not the best way, but. But you were going to school and. Yes, I was going to school and I, yeah, the first two Tinder dates I went on, the first one was disappointing, you know, I was like, okay, but at least nothing bad happened to me. You know, I was hanging out with a guy that was much bigger than me. Remember that guy? He was like six foot six. I got yeah, into yeah. his car. I'm so sorry, You're mom. Not supposed to do that. I got into his car, and nothing bad happened to me that time. And I, and he had since like blown up my phone. I had to block him on all social media, and he was like texting me on Facebook, like, and then it like blew up in my face. And it kind of like Tinder. I feel like works for some people. I mean, it depends on what you want out of it, like want to go hook up with people like great I don't I thought I, I kind of thought I maybe wanted to but like I don't think I can <laughs> I don't think I'm emotional for that um I just get so nervous about meeting people for the first time and that's all it is and I kind of realized like over and over and over yeah and I so I deleted tinder and I'm like okay if I'm gonna I mean I don't even want a boyfriend first of all I don't want to hook up with people also like randomly and so I'm like okay 
what am I on it for? So that they can call me pretty and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll call you pretty all day long. Which is baby. fine. I mean, yeah, I'll like they're, they're they're still on my Snapchat. They'll still talk to me and stuff. But it's like I deleted it because I just felt like it was there's a lot of expectation from them, like wanting expecting just because we matched that we would hang out mm-hmm. or that I owed them something for that because we both matched with each other and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, what I appreciate about this conversation, Rowan, is one little inside glimpse for those of us who don't know anything about Tinder. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your experience with it. But also, I just feel really privileged that you and I have the relationship that we have that you are super open with me about it. So I feel like it's a nice little opportunity for people that are listening to hear what a conversation around this stuff can sound like because you are, you're 18. Mm -hmm. Do I want you on Tinder? No, fuck no. (laughs) Right. And you are, you're making choices for yourself. And I get to, I get to be in conversation with you and be in curiosity and, and listen, you know, I'm always listening for how is she keeping herself safe? What are her red flags, you know? And so having these kinds of conversations, I think, helps me and by, you know, by default, hopefully the listeners understand how to be in that kind of conversation so that they can feel better about some of the things that their kids might be doing that we just don't get. Cause it's just yeah. not a part of, of what our experience has been. So yeah. what are you hoping for, for 2022 Rowan? Oh God. <laughs> I feel like I can't say too much. Cause what if it doesn't come true? That's okay. <laughs> you Have you seen my vision board from last year? I mean, we should look at it because um, it's funny. I don't know. I just want it to be okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just yep. don't want it to be too bad. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I want it to be like this year. Like I grew a lot and I realized that I am not happy a lot of the time, which is fine. It's okay. Cause that's just how I kind of, it's not like, Sounds like a bad thing when I say it like that, but I realized a lot this year that how how much my um, my mental health fluctuates, mm-hmm. which is fine because it's normal, and I've kind of learned that it's okay. Because I also I also had something in my mind of like, okay, now everybody thinks I'm better, so I have to be better, mm-hmm. right? But talking to you more and kind of like it helps when I like tell you like okay I'm depressed like I told you earlier today like I took a depression nap today closed all my blinds and I laid in bed for an hour but I'm just kind of hoping that 2022 is okay Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah I'm hoping it's okay too I'm hoping it's okay too I'm hoping for good mental and physical health for our family and abundance Hope I don't make too many weird decisions. (laughs) Please, I'm just asking myself, please just think about things a little bit more. (laughs) Have a conversation with, get a consensus. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I'm hoping that you have all good experiences as you enter into school. Yep. I am hoping that I get into graduate school, everyone. I am applying to the clinical mental health counseling program at Western Washington University here in Bellingham. Fingers crossed, they barely take any people. So I'm really hoping that I get in. So we can all send good vibes that for that. That'd be great. 
And I'm going to be sharing a big announcement about Joyful Courage and the future of Joyful Courage around mid-January. So stay tuned for that. Rowan, I love you. Love you. I love you. Thank you for coming on and talking mm-hmm. to me about all the teenager things mm-hmm. that you have been going through. And I know there's a lot of listeners that have followed from the beginning with us and are loving hearing an update mm-hmm. on you and your journey because you really do make an impact when you come on here and talk about it. And to everyone that's listening, I love you. Happiest of New Year's. Enjoy yourself this weekend. And I'll be back next week with a brand new solo show to bring in the new year. Mm-hmm. I love you, Rowie. Love you. Bye. Bye. Okay. Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I just can't even put into words how much I love this community. I love you all. I'm so happy to bring you conversations that hopefully matter to you. I'm, I'm really hoping that you appreciated that conversation with Rowan. There are so many amazing things happening with Joyful Courage in the new year. And I am so excited to share them as they unfold. Just know that the first of the year is the opening for enrollment to Living Joyful Courage, my year-long membership program. Uh, That includes two monthly facilitated coaching calls, book clubs, one-on-one calls, so much goodness. Check it out, joyfulcourage.com slash LJC the first you can enroll. So go and check it out. And are you on my email list? If you're not, go to joyfulcourage.com slash email. Get signed up now so you can stay up to date on all the things that are heading your way. You're going to get seven tips over seven days to support you in nurturing stronger connections with your tweens and teens. If you listened to this conversation with Rowan and are thinking about what it would be like to be able to be in conversation like this with your teenager. The tips will help open the door to that. I am so grateful for the way that I can talk to my kids and that they're willing to talk to me. And I just want to share that with all of you. So check that out. Joyfulcourage.com slash email will get you there. And if you feel inspired and you haven't already, do me a favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. I'm always working really hard to stand out and make a big impact on families around the globe. Your review helps the podcast to be seen by even more parents. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a beautiful New Year's weekend, however you are celebrating. And I will be back with a brand new show for the brand new year next week. Big love. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. 
There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.